When I was nine years old, uh, in uh, somewhere in Taze Valley, West Virginia, I took a line drive to the nose, playing second base as a nine-year-old boy with a bunch of 12-year-olds. Right off the aluminum bat, right to the schnoz of this guy right here. And I remember going to the hospital and feeling sorry for myself, thinking, I can't play the fifth and sixth inning of this game. You know, it's back when Little League only played six innings. I still think they do. And I was just you know, feeling sorry for myself and lamenting my condition. And my dad said, stop being a pussy. And he took me down the hall and showed me this one kid who was wrapped up in bandages all over the place. But I had three doors, three rooms down from where I was staying in the Charleston Medical Center uh, in West Virginia, over there in Kanawha County. And uh, this kid was just wrapped up. And I said, Dad, what's, uh, what's wrong with this kid? And my dad said, well... West Virginia is a uh, is kind of a backward place, and there's no child labor laws. And this kid's eight years old, and uh, he almost died in a coal mining accident because he mines 23 hours a day for less than minimum wage. So why don't you shut the hell up, stop being a pussy, and stop lamenting your little condition? And that's kind of how I feel right now on behalf of all Mets fans. Uh, you see, I grew up a Saints fan. And uh, even though I'm standing, this is we're minutes after Georgia has beaten LSU 44 to 41 down at Sanford Stadium in Athens, Georgia. Uh, classic day by here. Uh, what's his name? Mettenberger. Zach Mettenberger. Love that mustache. Uh, but LSU couldn't pull out the win, and uh, I feel sorry for myself. And uh, just as there was that young eight-year-old coal miner down the hall who had it way worse than me. There are Mets fans all over the world, and even in this parking lot. This parking lot I'm standing in right now, where Shea Stadium used to be. And, uh, but first of all, uh, welcome to the Bicoastal Hootenanny, starring Nate and Adam. I am and Adam, Adam Tootenanny Wilson, in Flushing, New York, where it is 50 million degrees below zero in the hearts of Mets fans worldwide. Uh, Nate has the day off, which makes today a Tootenanny Tuesday, and due to the magic of post-production, you should be hearing a uh, surf song called Toot Nanny by a little surf band called the Rumblers. And here I am in the parking lot. I've got a guest here that I'll introduce in just a second. And uh, I'm coming to you straight from the City Field parking lot, which used to be the exact location of Shea Stadium. And I am standing precisely now on a little piece of metal in the parking lot, which is the marks the exact location of home plate. I'm standing in the right-hand batter's box and behind home plate where a catcher usually would sit or squat is standing uh, our guest today. Uh, please, sir, um, identify yourself. I know your name, but I want, to, I want you to introduce yourself so that they know what to call you. Uh, Eddie Zine. Okay, that's Eddie Zine. It's Eddie Zine of... Uh, Ed, you're originally from Brooklyn, yes? Yes. Okay. Yes, I am. Uh, what, Williamsburg? Yes, unfortunately. Oh, wait. So, William, so you're a, you must be a hipster, huh? Uh, unfortunately not, no. <laughs> so I, uh, fortunately, in this oh, case. Oh, fortunately you're not a hipster. <laughs> yes. Um, well, uh, 
this is because Williamsburg wasn't always hipster central. Uh, it's a very blue-collar neighborhood. Uh, it used to have real people. used to have real it used people. used to have people that were good at things. Factories right. and, 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 you know, uh, uh, nice Catholic school that I went there and uh, doesn't exist anymore. And a lot of those factories have closed and uh, being replaced by uh, uh, upscale food marts and all this other stuff. So uh, I've walked through that place, and um, I don't know why the rent is so high over there. I don't know why... Um, Let's move off. There's, there's people who want to see home plate. I don't, I don't know why so many um, uh, white bread people want to live there because uh, basically it looks like uh, it looks like a Bruce Springsteen video. Uh, <laughs> the place looks like shit. Yet it's the coolest place on earth for some reason. I don't understand why. Uh, it used to be the coolest place on earth when people like to work for a living. But anyway, Ed, you root for the Mets, don't you? Uh, yes. And you're, you're originally from here in, in Brooklyn, New York. Yes. Uh, yeah. We're in Queens, though. But uh, I mean, yeah, this this must be a really sweet, bittersweet time for you. Uh, and your heart must be swelling with pride, what with all the tributes to classic Yankees closer Mariano Rivera, uh, you know, such a baseball legend in New York. You must be, your heart must be swelling with pride, yes? It's a tremendous week. Uh, my father said uh, he should be inducted into, uh, or they waived the uh, period for sainthood. So, yeah, uh, I'm really, really excited, beside myself. Okay, you're being facetious. Tell me what you really think about the Yankees. I, I, this is, this I, I hate not, them. This is not radio. Them. The FCC doesn't exist over here. <laughs> I fucking hate them. How about that? Right. But, the, but I mean, your heart must have swelled with pride in October 2000 during the World Series when, when New York was represented by both its teams in the World Series, right? That must have been a great time for you. No. Why not? Because we lost, unfortunately, to the Yankees. I'd rather lose to anybody else on the earth besides the Yankees. Y- you, now, you reacted poorly to that loss, didn't you? Uh, yes. What'd you do? I smashed uh, a vintage Gibson guitar given to me by my aunt. So there you go. Uh, what do you? What was the monetary value of this guitar? Ed? It's got to be over a grand, maybe like two grand. Not sure of the exact monetary. It was given to me as a gift, like for Christmas on my confirmation day. But uh, being a bitter Met fan that I am, uh, I actually watched parts of that game, game uh, I believe five. And uh, when the Yankees took the lead, I changed because I said, "That's it. It's over." And I happened to change back just to see, uh, let's see if it's over and the post game is on or whatever the case may be. And I happened to catch Piazza, Mike Piazza, who will be honored tomorrow, making the last out against Mariano Rivera. And that's when I took my bat that I had in my hand, walked right to my room, and just started smashing my guitar up. You smashed a $1,000 guitar that was given to you by a loving relative yes. when you were an infant. Yes, yes. Uh, because the Yankees beat the Mets of the World Series in yes. 2000. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay. Uh, um, what, was that the low point in uh, in your uh, in your Mets fandom ship, or were there were there other lows? What was, or if if not that, what was the low, lowest point? If not now, by the way, I don't, it could be now. This, this team is terrible. I would say that would be the low because I. Like I said, I don't like the Yankees. It cost you a guitar, basically. It cost and, uh, me a guitar. Or it basically, cost learned, me... learned you had anger management issues. Yeah, right. Probably, co- haven't, probably haven't even gotten checked out to this point. <laughs> Is that LSU? Yeah, it's LSU. Oh, oh God. And, uh, 44-41. Lost it in the... Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was a shootout. Wow. Damn it. It's uh, Georgia, 44-41. Oh, man. Uh, Only in New York. Yeah, you get right. something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody noticed my LSU shirt there. Uh, well, they're, they're playing some, uh, I guess some people are playing shadow ball on, on the former uh, Mets bases. Here, let's, let's take a walk 90, 90 feet down uh, down the baseline here. Um, I mean, here we are. We're walking on where, where the legends played, uh, including Mike Piazza, who's going to be honored tomorrow and, and put in the Mets Hall of Fame. 
Uh, who else in that Hall of Fame? <laughs> just uh, Daryl Strawberry, Dwight Gooden, uh, Tom Seaver. Is Lenny uh, Dykstra in the Mets Hall of Fame? No. Oh. He might be in some prisoner's Hall of Fame, okay. but, you know. Uh, here we are. Here we are at first base. First base of Shea Stadium. What comes to mind when you think, when you stand here? You stand here at first base of Shea Stadium. What's the first thing that comes to mind to you? Um, well, obviously Bill Buckner. Buckner. We're standing right at the exact spot where game Buckner, six, Buckner uh, blew game six. October 20, uh, 27th, 1986. That Saturday is correct. night. Saturday night, right before midnight. It was mm-hmm. like around 11.50-ish or something like that. And then on Sunday, game seven rained out. Rained and they played out. it Monday. Right. And I watched it, and it was probably the happiest moment as a fan of any of my teams that I root for. So I was very excited. I jumped up into my dad's arms, hugging him, mm-hmm. and... Uh, how old were you at the time? I uh, was 13. That's good. All right. Good. So I, you know, at least I got to feel that feeling, that euphoric feeling, mm-hmm. and going to school the next day and and boasting to my friends or Yankee friends and uh, shoving a, shoving their nose in it a little bit anyway. Oh, and this was at the time in 1986 where Yankee fans that were your age, Yankee fans that were 13, right. didn't have anything since they were four years old to really be proud of. Yeah, that and the fact that they rooted for the Red Sox against the Mets. So I don't want to hear this. Well, oh, wow. we are rooting for. We, we hate Boston, we root against New York, uh, we, you know, we root for New York and all that kind of stuff, civic pride and all mm-hmm. that, then it didn't exist. Kids back then were like a lot of kids today, which was, I just like my team, the hell with your team. Right. Yeah, so. Back in my day, that's how it went, too. Now, is it, um, you know, you pick up the New York Daily News, the New York Post, mm-hmm. it's all, where's Robinson Cano going to play? Mm-hmm. Is Derek Jeter going to retire? Mariano this, Mariano that. Andy Pettit's nose. Andy Pettit's nose, they could split a log, by the way. Um, does that piss you off day to day? Because it pisses me off day to day. It pisses me off, but... You're in the city where you, the team you love sucks. Right. The team that you hate is usually pretty good, and um, they get kind of overcovered. Uh, unfortunately, when you when you sucked as long as the Mets have, or, or for the last few years anyway, the last five, six years... Um, you kind of kind of expect that, mm-hmm. um, and it sucks. But sort of have to take the good with the bad. A lot of bad, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel that what goes around does come around, and I do feel as a fan, you stick with your team, and mm-hmm. hopefully that tide will turn, and hopefully the Mets will get on a nice run. At least they'll let me see them once before my uh, dad leaves this earth. How about mm-hmm. that? So I would like that happen. Um, <laughs> the year you were born. Mm-hmm. In 1973, yeah, that's right. The Mets won the National League. Yes, they went to the World Series. Yep, they played the Oakland A's. That is correct. They weren't even called the Athletics at the time. They were actually officially known as the Oakland A's. That's actually true. That is correct. Yep. Game Charlie six. Yeah. Game six came around. Mm-hmm. And uh, what was his name? Who was supposed to take the mound that day? Uh, George Stone. George Stone took mm-hmm. the mound, threw 108 pitches, struck out 20 batters, and got the victory and sealed the World <laughs> Series, didn't he? That's what happened, right? No, that's not what happened. Uh, no, unfortunately Tell me why not. that didn't happen. Tell me why that didn't happen, Ed. Uh, Tell me what did happen. Uh, what, what did happen was uh, the Mets were up three games to two. They mm-hmm. could have sealed the deal in game six. Mm-hmm. With George Stone, the Rustin rifle from <laughs> Rustin, Louisiana. That is that's correct. Right. Who had a great year that year. He was 12-3 and three with a 280 ERA. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of a junk lefty who would have probably gotten a lot of those A's batters out mm-hmm. at the time. Um, but unfortunately... Pressure, pressure, and uh, you name it. Uh, probably the cachet of Tom Seaver or ego, I uh-huh. guess. He went to Barra. He asked to start Game Six. Tom Seaver goes to Mets manager Yogi Barra and says, "Like, hey man, I know my turn. It's tomorrow, Game Seven, but we're up three-two. 
I want I, I want, want to start. Ball. I'm Tom Seaver, right. the greatest player of all time. I'm number 41. <laughs> damn it, it's a prime number. This is, I'm the prime of my life. <laughs> the highest. Uh, the highest. I'm gonna strike out Reggie Jackson's black ass nine times today. That's what he said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> If he comes up nine times, then he's probably not in the game to strike him out nine times. That's a good point. That's a good point. Fair point. All right. Now, and uh, of course, the A's won. And the A's won that game, and they won game they won six the against series. John Matlock. And well. who was the manager of the Mets at the time? Uh, Yogi Berra. Yogi Berra. A Yankees, uh, like, pretty much. Uh, it just adds to it, doesn't it? Right, that's, yeah. that's why you hate the Yankees. Yes, right. exactly. Right. Uh-huh. Um, here we are. We took a walk here. We're standing at second base. At former Shea Stadium. Ed, what does second base mean to you? Second base. Not, and I don't mean like touching a girl's tits. I mean, like, what does second base at Shea Stadium mean to you? Uh, this is actually my father's favorite position. Uh, uh-huh. It means uh, I would hope one day the future manager of the Mets, who was a former second baseman, which is uh, Wally Backman, but he's now the AAA manager of the Mets, and they won't give him a shot. So I'm a little upset about that. You know, a friend of mine, Brian West, who played for Wally Backman, is mm-hmm. going to be on this show next week. Awesome. Yeah. So. Well, so well, maybe, maybe well, I'll, I'll get him to share some anecdotes for you. I, I would, I would, I would like you to ask Brian. Would he think he would be a good manager in the majors in New York? I have a feeling uh, there will be some very eye-opening uh, tales for you to hear, uh, <laughs> and I think you'll understand exactly why he's not a manager in the major leagues. But uh, <laughs> Luke sec- Cannon tends so to come to mind. Second baseman Wally Backman. He's, uh, he's who right. you think should be the uh, the Mets manager. Yes, exactly. yet it was announced today. Yes, that there's been a two-year extension for uh, Terry Collins. God help us. He's lost a little weight. He doesn't have the he doesn't have the Earl Weaver gut like he used to. Uh, yeah, that's true. But at the same time, too, uh, that means another year of uh, uh, just getting by, losing. Yeah, let's not lose lose face. Mm-hmm. Let's not do something or think outside the box or anything like that. Safe, taking the safe road. I hate that. You know what second base at Shea Stadium means to me? What does it mean? The Beatles. Because this is the spot oh, where the Beatles play. This is, where, this this is, is where, uh, on August fifteenth, nineteen sixty-five. Sixty-five. 65. 65. Yeah, 1965, August uh, August 15th, the Beatles played right here at second base because the second base was where the electrical facilities were. That's where all the wires were. They were under second base. Right. And uh, played about an eight-minute set, I think. Uh, <laughs> got the hell out. <laughs> I think Ed Sullivan's introduction of the Beatles was longer than the actual Beatles set. But And I, th- I think back then, I think um, I think tickets cost about a dime or something like that. <laughs> well, that's, like that. that's what New City Field doesn't have, that this old stadium that used to be here had, which is you had the Beatles here, you had the Pope here, you had Elton John, Eric Clapton, you had the Rolling Stones here. Don't you, sell City Field short, sir. Uh, We've had Third Eye Blind, oh. REO Speedwagon. <laughs> uh, we did have McCartney. I'll, st- I'll stop there. We did have McCartney here the first year, so oh. I guess that's okay, I guess, mm-hmm. and things like that. But still, it kind of misses that wow, this is like an old dingy park and Wow, this is like this steel wrapped in a circle. Okay, you know, <laughs> old and dingy takes time. You know, just give it, a, give it, a, give it a about twenty years. You know, this will be old and dingy at some point. Sure, sure. Um, uh, and the, but uh, you know, someday that, that that apple, that red apple in center field, is going to pop up once in a while. And, uh, <laughs> well, look. Okay, now who in here is listening to this? Now I'm going to put Ed to the test here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to prove. I'm going to. This is. I'm going to tell you a little bit. This is this is this is a Mets fan in a nutshell to me. I'm going to ask Ed a couple of questions. He's going to answer me honestly. Right. And this this is going to tell you what this is going to tell you what like your 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 diehard fucking Brooklyn Brooklyn Townie diehard Son and I mean die and I mean hard Mets fan. Feels. Son of a farmer, Brooklyn Dodger. Okay. Now here, here's okay. What would you rather have? Okay. Mets win three World Series in a row, followed by a Yankees World Series, or 
Mets win one World Series and the Yankees win zero World Series in the next four years. I take that one over zero any time. <laughs> okay, you, you'd rather have... Even even we win more than them. It doesn't okay. matter to me. So, okay. Uh, you tell, you'd rather have, rather than a three-peat, right. followed by a Yankees World Series. That's right. You'd rather just win one, and then neither one of you win for like the next short while. I'd rather have nuclear winter. That is correct. Okay. <laughs> okay, Mets four-peat... Then a Yankees World Series, mm-hmm. or Mets World Series and nothing by the Yankees. Mets World Series and nothing. One, by one the Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. Hold on. Um, Mets four Pete. You beat the Yankees all four times, mm-hmm. and then the Yankees beat somebody else or whoever else for the World Series the next year. Right. Four Pete all over the Yankees, all in seven games. Right. Okay. Um, all with walk off home, all victories walk off home runs. Right. Dog piles are plenty. <laughs> Four World Series victories over the Yankees. Right. Followed by one Yankees World Series over the Marlins. Right. Or one Mets World Series over the Kansas City Royals, and then nothing else. Mets World Series over the Kansas City Royals. <laughs> you, you tend to forget in that equation, the, Mets, the Yankees have won five pennants in that equation, the first mm-hmm. equation there, which I can't have. So they've won enough. Okay. Um, what is bigger, your love for the Mets or your hate for the Yankees? I'd say my love for the Mets. Uh, <laughs> I would say, I say it this way, I think my dad hates the Yankees more than he loves the Mets. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have that close. But at the same time, too, it's at the at the same time, too, it's I feel I I do love my team a lot, and uh-huh. uh, but I was engaged to a Yankee fan. This is in my youth, in oh. my twenties, and things like that. That and, sounds uh, terrible. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, and uh, so and and the Mets didn't even play the the uh, Yankees in the '98 World Series. That was San Diego. Her brother, her uh, my ex girlfriend's brother had called me and said, hey, we uh, won another World Series just to rub it in. And I was like, hey, when are the Mets doing it? And we had broken up two years earlier. Right. Two years early. He had to call just to say the Yankees won another World Series and to say, like, you know, the 98 Yankees were the greatest team, mm-hmm. this, that, and whatever, blah, blah, blah. That's a Yankee fan for you. So I, I've grown to hate the Yankees over time. That really tipped it over, that, and obviously them beating the Mets in the 2000 World Series. But, but um I'd say it's even. It's like a 50-50 thing. Mm-hmm. I think 60-40, my dad, or 70-30, my dad hates, probably hates the Yankees more than loving the Mets. Mm-hmm. So. I've got one final question, Ed. Sure. Which would you rather have? <laughs> Five Mets World Series in a row, followed by one Yankees World Series, mm-hmm. after which you start choking to death, but miraculously... You're being given the Heimlich maneuver by former New York Yankee Paul O'Neill, and he saves your life. Or one Mets World Series, and you die of Lou Gehrig's disease the next day. One Mets World Series, I die of Lou Gehrig's disease the next day. Eddie Zine, Mets fan. <laughs> we got to go home. We got a round third. Head for home. And yes, I'm waving at the uh, the pitcher's mound where 
greats like Tug McGraw and Nolan Ryan once pitched. Ed, thanks for joining us. Uh, no problem. Thank you, Adam. Let's go, Mets. Go, Tigers. Who dat? Just remember, friends, there are those who have it way worse. Bring your kiddies, bring your wife. Guaranteed to have the time of your life because the Mets are really sucking the ball. Knocking those home runs over the wall. East side, west side. Everybody's coming down to meet the M-E-T-S Mets of New York Town. I'm happy that Ed was kind enough to uh, spend some time talking to us. Uh, and sharing his misery as a Mets fan uh, because I'm kind of growing into it. I'm only in my like fourth or fifth year as a Mets fan, and it's terrible. I remember being a Saints fan when I was a kid, and it sucked, and this is way worse. The Saints happened every week. The Mets happen every day. That's the big difference right there. And you've got, you know, you've got the Joneses over there in the Bronx uh, with, with actual success to enjoy, damn it. But, so, uh, you know, thanks thanks to Ed, Ed Zine, Eddie Zine, for uh, sharing his misery to show us LSU fans who were in meltdown mode over the, uh, the defensive woes uh, this past Saturday during the Georgia game. Uh, thanks to Ed for giving us a little perspective. I also want to share something Ed said. This is how smart Ed is. When, uh, a couple of years ago when Tim Tebow was signed uh, onto the Jets, there were a lot of New Yorkers, a surprising amount of New Yorkers were very optimistic about uh, – about Tebow's uh, signing with the Jets. Uh, Ed was having none of it, though. Ed, Ed was like, don't, guys, don't, uh, don't fall for this because uh, uh, this is bull crap. And uh, I want to play something Ed said. I wanted to get it on tape because it was very important to him that I got this on tape. So listen, listen to this. No way, shape, or form do I think Tim Tebow will put the New York Jets over the top and put them into the Super Bowl for the first time in 44 years. He's a publicity stunt, and I think they did it to take the back pages away from the Giants. In no way, shape, or form do I think they proves that to you. And what's your name? Edwin Zine III. Thank you. You're welcome. And that was, um, that was on August 12, 2012, right before, right before Tim Tebow's inaugural and farewell season with the Jets. So good on you. Good on you, Ed. We've got a few minutes. Let's do uh, – it's, it's the first – Tuesday of October, which means I owe you guys, you Hootenears, a song of the month. So buckle up. So I'm going to rock rock your asses off. Uh, first, I don't know why I remember this date, but it's, it's October 2nd. And I don't know why I remember this this date that is frozen in my mind, but I remember where I was October 2nd, 1997. I was at my friend Adam Walden's house on Chickasaw Drive in West Monroe. And we were watching Saturday Night Live. Matthew Perry, excuse me, Matthew Perry, hosted that night, and Oasis was the musical guest. And they played a song I'd never heard. I figured they would just play, like, two two hits. The first song they played was Don't Go Away, which I don't really like that song, but that was the hit at the time. And then their second performance of the night, they played this song called Acquiesce, which ended up on their uh, on their Master Plan album. But this song, this song rocks. So if it's up with a little, little excerpt from the Morning Glory song called... Um, I'll just edit this out, I guess. Yeah, so this song's heavy. Love this song. See, it starts out 
Gonna start out with Liam singing, and then Noel sings uh, the really high notes. And Liam probably couldn't sing because his throat was probably sore from smoking, sucking cock. Yeah, it's pretty good, huh? This song rocks. I'm not a big fan of Oasis bashing. I think it was a pretty sweet band. Yeah, this is what you want out of Oasis. You know what I mean? This is pretty great. All right. Here we go. Here comes the chorus where, uh, where Noel jumps in. Noel's voice not not sore from uh, not sucking cock, but here he is. Oh, yeah. Take it away, Noel. Hell, yeah. Yeah, we do. We do believe in one another. That's all right. Okay, these lyrics are shit, but the song rocks. I love this song, and I was thinking about this song this week, and I've been listening to it a lot in the past month. Uh, our second song. Ah, uh, this one. I hope you know what this is. I've been on quite a queen kick lately. Or rather, I've been on quite a queen kick for the last 20 years of my life. Check this out. Fuck yeah. I know what you're thinking. That's not queen. That's like Rod Stewart or something. No, no, no. That's the drummer Roger Taylor singing right there. It's not Freddie. Freddie's playing piano somewhere in there. This is one of the rare songs where um, Freddie didn't sing. This is Roger Taylor, the drummer. Brian May, the guitarist, sang occasionally as well. Bassist John Deacon never sang, uh, but he wrote some pretty sweet songs. He wrote another one, Bites the Dust, and You're My Best Friend, among others. But this guy, this is probably, I would say this is the best song that Queen did that Freddie Mercury didn't sing, and it's called I'm In Love With My Car. I think it's been in a car commercial recently. It's awesome. Kind of makes fun of dudes who are really into cars. from A Night at the Opera. This is like, that's my favorite Queen album, A Night at the Opera. It's like a top five all-time album for me. God, this song rules. Yeah, all right. That's enough of that. Now, now tomorrow, uh, tomorrow, October 3rd, I'm going up to Tarrytown, excuse me, Tarrytown, uh, which is where Sleepy Hollow is, where the, the, the Headless Horseman of Sleepy Hollow, the old uh, Washington Irving uh, short story, took place in Tarrytown. And the, the the old town of North Tarrytown is now called Sleepy Hollow. They actually renamed it in 1996 when that movie came out. But I'm going up there because I'm going to see. I got I got like backstage passes uh, through a friend through a friend of mine named Steve Luthauser. Hey Steve, uh, one of my favorite hooteniers down in Baton Rouge, who somehow knows Buddy Guy, and I'm going to go see Buddy Guy and get like you know all access to go meet Buddy Guy. So uh, Elena and I are going to go up there to Tarrytown, Tarrytown, and we're going to see Buddy Guy and this is the song of the month because I love this song and Buddy Guy should be on this list. This song is called Stone Crazy. Mm. There's nothing like a black dude with a guitar bitching at a woman. Man, listen to He's pissed off. Crazy bitch. Why are you so damn crazy? You're going out of your mind, woman. Shit. White people can't sound like this. I hate it. Mm. That's right. 
That is Louisiana's own buddy guy, born in Letsworth, Louisiana. If you don't know where that is, it's because nobody does. Nobody's there. I think there's like eight people there. Of course, at some point he went to Chicago, turned into a badass. I think he lives in Baton Rouge now, or his brother does. I don't know. But this is the song of the month. Congratulations. To you, buddy guy, for making the list. You and your song, Stone Crazy. I've achieved song of the month status. All right. Uh, that is the show, Hootineers. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to this weekend because uh, this weekend, LSU plays Mississippi State, and then the following weekend, LSU plays Florida. Big game, obviously. Uh, before the Florida game at Tiger Stadium, they're going to uh, have a ceremony uh, commemorating uh, like a reunion of the 2003 National Championship team. And um, an old friend of mine from high school named Brian West, who played defensive end for that team, and uh, who had also uh, played some professional baseball uh, for the Chicago White Sox organization, he is going to be there. He's going to be on this show next week. So uh, he's going to be on the Hootenanny Monday, and uh, I'll sit down with a, a one-on-one with him for the Hootenanny Tuesday next week. So I'm very, I'm looking very much forward to that. Uh, Brian is a funny guy. He was, I've, I've interviewed him before, and he's very funny. So uh, you're going to want to stick. You're going to want to uh, tune in for that. Uh, as always, you can follow me at Tootenanny on Twitter. You can follow this very show at Hoot, And uh, my co-host who's not here today, Nate, you can follow him at Nathan Frizzell. Check us out at theredshtick.com. Stay tuned for the Red Shtick podcast uh, in the next 48 hours. Uh, last week was great. Love Howard Hall. That has been it. That has been Tootenanny Tuesday for this week. Can't wait to see you next week. I have been Adam Wilson in Flushing, New York, and in Brooklyn, New York, where I am right now. And this has been Tootenanny Tuesday. For all our friends back home and everyone else in between, I say, Sweeney Toi.